Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. This is Words with Adrian Grubb, hosted by me, Adrian Grubb. Be sure to like and subscribe to my YouTube and to add my podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. Today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. It's Halloween, so I want to do something a little different, a little bit off the normal path. First things first, I'm going to talk about college football and the Heisman race and the college football playoff race. So let's just jump right in. Um, First things first, I want to talk about the Heisman Trophy. The definition of the Heisman Trophy, as described to me many a times by Austin Davis, is the best player in college football. It's not the most NFL-ready player in college football. It's not the most stunning player in college football. It's the best player in college football. Who makes the biggest impact in the game? Now, a lot of different considerations can be made, but this is my top four. My top four has to be Joe Burrow right now at number one, Chase Young at number two, Jalen Hurts at number three, and J.K. Doppins at number four. In the hunt would be Justin Fields at number five and probably Tua Tagovailoa at number six, even though he is a system quarterback. The reason I say that is that I don't think he's that talented. I think that Alabama makes him look good, sort of like Tom Brady, but we'll not, we're not going to get into that. Right now, the current odds are... Joe Burrow is obviously the top spot. Tua is in the second spot. Jalen Hurts at third. Justin Fields at fourth. Now, I don't want to get into much discussion about this. I've done a lot of research, and honestly, it's not that big of a deal to me. But I think that Chase Young, the defensive end for Ohio State, is the best player in college football. He has some crazy number, like 16 and a half sacks on this season. And let's just check that right now to make sure... Because it's it's such a crazy amount. 13 and a half. He has 13 and a half sacks, five forced fumbles. And that's just an insane that's just an insane number. Last year he had ten and a half sacks on the season, and they still have two, three games to go. So he's the most dominant player in college football, I think, right now, and I think that he is a close first for the Heisman Trophy. However, you cannot underestimate what Joe Burrow is doing down at LSU. He is a machine at quarterback, and he is absolutely dominating everybody he plays. He is crisp. He is NFL-ready. And by NFL-ready, I mean he is the most skilled quarterback. He can go out there and play for any NFL team right now. However, he's also skilled at college football. He doesn't make any mistakes. He's very crisp. He makes good reads. He just knows what to do with the football. And right now, my top four had to be Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Jalen Hurts, and J.K. Dobbins. Now on to the college football playoff. This is where it gets a little different because I don't do a whole lot of research into college football because I'm more of an NFL guy myself. However, this is my... Off of the top of my head, top four um, that I think will get into the playoff 
probably Bama, Ohio State. And the thing, the hard part about making these decisions, it's all off of who wins their conference championship and who takes a loss. So I think it's going to be Bama, LSU, Ohio State. And the fourth team is just such a toss-up. But I probably have to go with Clemson at the moment. I just... It's it's hard. The Obviously, I think the top spot should go to Ohio State. They are the best team in football right now, even though they're not ranked number one. LSU is the second best team in football right now. Alabama, it's hard to tell because even though they play some decent competition... They haven't really shown that they're very dominant at the moment. But then again, I don't really follow it. So my my four to get in is LSU, Bama, Ohio State, Clemson. Penn State's going to get beat by Ohio State. So they're in the fifth spot right now. I know that LSU and Bama have yet to play each other. But I don't, under, I don't think that you can let a... One loss Big Ten team in. You can let a one loss SEC team in, but you can't let a one loss Big Ten team in. Ohio State has to win out to make it in. I don't know. I definitely need to do more research on this, but that's mine right now. The top four teams in the nation should be the four teams that get in because I think they're the four best. But let's get into what's actually exciting today. Today, we will be talking conspiracy theories. Now, what do I mean when I say conspiracy theories? Really, anything major that people question that has happened in today. So, let's start off with a smaller one. Um, probably one of my favorites would be... 9-11 now there's a whole bowl of conspiracy theories that come with 9-11 it's one of the biggest but it's also one of the most complex because there's multiple conspiracy theories on multiple levels one conspiracy theory is that George Bush knew it was going to happen and let it happen another conspiracy theory is George Bush planned it Another conspiracy theory is that um, no planes actually hit the World Trade Center. That it's all that it, that no planes ever hit. It was just explosions, which makes completely zero sense. But people out there believe things like this, and I can understand where some people are coming from on the 9/11 conspiracy. And it's it's so complex, so let's break this down from beginning to end. So it started with the hijackings of, I think it was four total airplanes, two that hit the World Trade Center, one that hit the Pentagon, and one that went down. Never hit its target, which people say was probably the White House. Now, what do I believe I would say that I do not think that 9-11 was an inside job. 
I think that it was just a group of terrorists who wanted to wreak havoc on America. I don't think that George Bush knew. There is a recorded potential threat, but if you treated every recorded potential threat like it was serious, there'd be no money left to pay all the people who are looking into these things. So when it comes down to it, the biggest conspiracy theory is that the planes hitting the top of the World Trade Center would not cause them to go down in a pancake fashion. And that is where people are actually incorrect. And people say jet fuel cannot melt steel beams. Jet fuel cannot completely melt steel beams. However, it can rupture the structural integrity of the towers, which can cause it to go down in that fashion. And another argument is that when it's going down, the there are explosions coming out of the windows on the lower floors. And people say, why are there explosions coming out the windows? Those are obviously bombs that were placed earlier. And the people who say that obviously have no idea about the word pressure and that when things collapse on top of each other, pressure builds at the bottom and tends to expel itself from the ends. So obviously that is debunked. And I want to show you guys a video on the collapse of the towers just to give you more knowledge than I can. computer simulation Just fast forward a little bit. Look at how disorganized he is. That's insane. Now listen to what he's saying. He is saying that he is looking at when the when the plane hits the tower, the impact of momentum at the top part 
on top of where the plane hit would have on each floor. So the momentum coming down, the smashing effect. If you didn't catch that, he found that yes, the momentum of the top piece above where the plane hit would cause the building to fall in that fashion and to smash down floor by floor until it hit the ground. Now, that's it for that video, but I also want to go over how the building falls. You say it looks like a controlled demolition, so I want to compare a controlled demolition to what happens here with this tower. Notice as it's going down, right there, how things are beginning to pile and kind of throw off the top sort of in a like a mushroom cloud fashion how it's going to wrap from the middle and go off the edges now let's pull up a controlled demolition of a skyscraper similar to the twin towers after I watched this great ad. Now, let's take this back already. Notice, as it begins to fall, First, the impact happened at multiple levels, in the middle and at the bottom. And as it falls, the building literally falls straight down and does not begin to sort of implode in the middle and throw things off to the side. It just goes from straight up to straight down.
No. Obviously, a controlled demolition would have looked a lot different at the Twin Towers. When the Twin Towers came down, when it started to come down from the top, the weight of the top section began to come down top of, on top and throw off the side. So the momentum was coming down and smashing each floor into itself and throwing its debris off the side. A controlled demolition would have had it fall inward. Every piece of debris would have fallen inward. A non-controlled demolition... It's not obviously controlled, so things are going to fall outwards. That is why science proves that the Twin Towers were not taken down by planned demolition, by meticulously placed explosives on in the basement, on the multiple floors. The explosions that people heard on the multiple floors, there's gas lines, there's all kinds of things in there that would be exploding due to a jet ramming into a building. There were no explosives inside the Twin Towers. They came down on their own. But I think the real conspiracy gets to why it happened or how it happened or if it could not have happened. Do I want to put past that the President of the United States would go along with a plot to kill thousands of Americans? I don't believe that the President would do that. Do I believe there are intelligence communities out there that would let that happen? I do. One of the biggest things that I believe it was JFK who stopped was a false flag attack on Americans using Cuban flags. You Basically, it would be American operatives disguising themselves as Cubans. And what they would do is they would attack Americans under the Cuban name. So that way we would have an excuse to go and invade Cuba. The Joint Chiefs of Staff approved it. So the top generals, the top Department of Defense guys approved this plan and it was cut down by the president. So if you think that the government would not rule out hurting innocent Americans for an agenda, you are incorrect. However, I don't believe that President Bush knew this was going to happen. I think that he used it as leverage to improve his polling rates, his approval, as well as get have we finally got our in to the Middle East for oil. You can't deny the fact that a lot of what goes on in the Middle East is over resources, which a lot of conflict is about resource, it is about regime change, and then maybe... It's about actual conflict. The two main reasons for conflict today is resource and regime change. Us wanting governments of other places to do what we want them to do, which is a regime change, is us putting the person in power that we want so that way we can get in there and do business or for resources where we occupy that country and take resources. So I don't think that George Bush actually was aware of this going to happen or planned it, but I think he did use it as opportunity to get accomplished what he wanted to get accomplished. That's all really I have to say about that. If you want to talk with me more about it, feel free to jump in the email that will be in the description or reach out to me on social media, which will also be in the description. The next 
I want to go over is UFOs. Not a lot to say on UFOs. Really, for me, it's do I believe aliens exist or not? Yes. I believe that aliens exist. And I believe that aliens have visited our world. The universe is infinite. And we can't underestimate the word infinite. The power and what it means. The universe being infinite means that what is happening right now on Earth is happening again somewhere else and again somewhere else in the universe an infinite number of times. Infinite has no end. It's hard for our human brains to grasp infinite because all we know is beginning and end. That's what we revolve our lives around. You're born, you die. You start a job, you end a job. You go to work, you leave work. We live for beginnings and endings. Infinite has a beginning, but it has no ending. So with the universe being infinite, it means that there's another you out there, there's an infinite numbers of you out there doing the exact same thing that you are doing right now and doing a different thing. Everything that's happening now is happening an infinite number of times. If you'd like more explanation on that, go and look up the definition of infinite by Neil deGrasse Tyson. He does a great job. However, I do believe that aliens have visited this world. I do believe that Bob Lazar, who is the whistleblower on Area 51, said he worked there and was working on gravity propulsion systems on UFOs. I believe he's telling the truth. I believe that the government doesn't want us to know because it would drive us into mayhem knowing that we're not the only ones here. So if you want more on the topic, check out Bob Lazar and Flying Saucers on Netflix. Basically, just do your own research. It's a really fascinating subtopic. And yes, the aliens did help build the pyramids. I do believe that our early civilizations were contacted by extraterrestrials who then gave a lot of early civilizations their ideas for their religions and their artwork and what they based their civilization around. Now, the big conspiracy theory I want to get into is the death of John F. Kennedy, the assassination. So I want to start off with saying I do not believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I still don't have a clear-cut opinion on if he was the sole shooter. Right now, I think that's what I lean towards. However, I do not think that he acted alone. I think that there was some sort of entity, whether that be Russia, Cuba, CIA, Lyndon B. Johnson. I don't know. There's unlimited possibilities. Cuba would want JFK dead because Bay of Pigs, because of the whole conflict that they had, the embargo, everything. Russia wanted him dead because of the Cold War. The CIA wanted him dead because he was exposing a lot of things that they did, a lot of black operations <clears throat> that he didn't agree with, and he was making waves, and they didn't like that. And Lyndon B. Johnson would want him dead because he wanted power. I don't know which one I lean towards, I have no solid opinion. If I had to pick one, if I had to put a $100 bill on one, I would say that Russia and Cuba worked together 
and use Lee Harvey Oswald as a sort as a mole in the United States to, to do what he did. I don't think that Lee Harvey Oswald was an intelligent man. I don't think that he was a super secret spy who devised this plan and followed it through. I think that he was a pawn and was easily manipulated, and that's why he was chosen. He was easily expendable. They just wanted him to go in there, get the job done, and die. Now, let's just go through <clears throat> and prove and try to prove what I believe him to be the single shooter, which the competing theories are multiple shooters, obviously, from the grassy knoll and from the overpass. And this is why I don't think that there was another shooter. Let's go to the Zapruder film, the famous Zapruder film. Now, this is going to be a little graphic. This is actually JFK getting shot. So if you don't want to watch this, pause or fast forward past it. It's going to happen here. I'll rewind a little bit. Past the sign. This is in super slow motion here. Now, when he comes out from behind the sign, he's going to be holding his neck. Three shots were fired by Lee Harvey Oswald in the official report. One missing, one hitting him in the neck, and one hitting him in the head. So he comes out from behind the sign right here. He begins to grab his neck area because he was shot from here. And the bullet is said to have gone down and hit him in the shoulder and also in the thigh. Now, you can see that he is obviously reacting in pain and that JFK is still holding his neck area. They're confused as to what happened. This is where I see a little doubt in the first bullet theory of hitting JFK in the neck and coming down and hitting him because he doesn't seem to be reacting like he just got shot. However... I don't really want to take the time to dive into that because I could talk about this for hours. But coming up here is when JFK is shot. And I just want to say, this part of his head is going to explode. Right here. And his head is going to throw get thrown backwards. Okay? So let's watch, watch closely. So, he gets shot. Head goes backwards. Let's watch it again. Impact up and out. Explosion from out here. Now, a lot of you would think that it looks like he got shot from the front because his head exploded here and the mist went back out this way. Now, let me explain to you once we watch this other film that I have, why I don't believe that he was shot from the front, but that he was actually hit from the back. There's an interesting thing in, it's called yaw of a bullet. So when a bullet hits, when it comes in for impact, it's obviously going straight. But when it hits its surface, it begins to twist and turn and rotate, giving the entry to be usually a clean hole. And depending on speed, size, a lot affects the bullet it will tend to either fall apart or twist. Now these rounds that Lee Harvey Oswald were using were long 
skinny and rounded at the front. So their biggest likelihood during impact is to make a cleaner impact at the front and then to begin to yaw and not fall apart. They were long, they were substantially sized bullets. So let's watch this demonstration of three M16 rounds to a ballistic mold. We'll rewind it. So he's gonna send three rounds downrange into this ballistic mold of an M16 round, which is not quite similar, but for all intents and purposes, pretty close. And what I want to demonstrate is the reaction of the body to the impact. Okay, now let's watch closely here at the bullet's entry and the bullet's exit and the reaction. Right here, we need to pay close attention. As the bullet enters, it's a sort, it's a cleaner hit at the front and an ugly entry at the back with a larger explosion. There and there. Now, to, for me to explain this, what I believe to have happened is that JFK was shot from the back. Entry came in here. And then on the exit, obviously that's where the front of his head exploded. And the reason for the mist and everything flying back towards the back of his head after impact is obviously they were in a car. So when you're driving at a speed, the wind, the momentum, everything's going to get carried backwards. Let's just watch this one more time for you to understand what I'm saying. As the bullet comes in. It hits, and then big explosion at the back, hit, big explosion at the back. Now. Obviously, I'm not a scientist. However, from this evidence that I've pulled up, I believe that there was only a single shooter, Lee Harvey Oswald, in the building who shot John F. Kennedy. I believe that Lee Harvey, Os Lee Harvey Oswald had enough training with a gun to be able to make the shots. It's proven that the amount of shots he fired off was possible in the time. And it's also proven that that rifle was found up there. Now, I think that the biggest conspiracy, which is obviously still a question, is why he did it and who put him up to it. I do not believe that he came up with this plan himself. I don't think he hated JFK and just wanted to kill him. I think that somebody put him up to it. And the biggest question is who? Let me know in my email, in the comments, on my social media, who you think was the mastermind behind the John F. Kennedy shooting. And I wanted to keep this video relatively short, running about 31 minutes right now. So I just want to say, Happy Halloween. Thank you for watching. And I appreciate you watching. I'm very busy. If I miss a video a week, it's because I'm busy and I have a lot going on. And if I promise you to be more prepared and better equipped in the videos coming forward. And I really appreciate you guys watching all the way through. And I hope you have an amazing week.